Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call 702-847-8747. That's extension 2 or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash jscott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash jscott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. And I want to thank AllElk.com, home of the Bugle Mule. Use the JSO10 to save 10% on all orders. The Bugle Mule attaches to your bugle, and it's a great little carrier that holds three elk calls right there on your bugle tube. And its I can't wait to use it this season. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Okay, let me pause it real quick, just give you some context. You get Again, you guys can watch it on my website there, the elk module. But right now, she's looking back in the timber. She's look, trying to see who's following her. I pan back, no, nope, whatever's coming in the timber, that's not who I'm looking for. So she whips around, and her and the other cow and calf that are following her, they look back, they're looking across the road now, and this is where she's like, wait a minute, who the heck is across the road behind me? Perfect. Let me pause it right there. There again. Perfect. I mean, that it that to me uh been was partners for a long time with Steve Chappell. Uh love Steve. Uh he, he was able to capture uh the same exact sound right during the rut. And you know, we we all said it's the est- it's the estrus. It's it's the estrus uh scream and 
you're not disagreeing with that. Yeah. But but what you're saying is that sound they make, it's more of a selfish sound that they can make any time of the year. Yes. But that absolutely during the rut, you hear that more probably because they're wanting to get bread and they're wanting to get their way. Well, if if they are if they cannot it that is low yeah, that she could absolutely be doing that. And there's a very, very famous uh, video on YouTube that somebody posted up there of a cow literally point blank who goes by this guy's camp and the guy grabs his camera real quick and, and records it. This cow goes cruising through and I mean, she's just Meow! loud. If she is separated and not finding somebody and needs someone to either, you know, respond vocally or show up and come to her, this is absolutely a vocalization she could fire away with. So yeah, if, if, if she needs to get bred and she's out there cruising country searching for a bull, absolutely she can do it. But the more important part of this, I think, for me is, and the reason why bulls get fired up about it is because of what it says. It's saying, dang it, give me a response. Somebody respond to me. When the bulls are like, okay, here we go. you know. And I talk about why a bull might either either physically show up to a situation or versus why he might bugle at a situation. So no, I don't criticize, and, and I love Steve too. And by the way, I'm sorry, I have never ever heard anyone else make that vocalization with a mouth diaphragm as good as Steve. He's unbelievable. It's scary good. I mean, it's flat. You can sit there and stare him in the face and watch him do it, and you're like, do that again. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. He is so good with it. So, no, I if you want to call it the, the estrus mu estrus scream, go for it. That's fine. Just understand it does not have anything to do with estrus. It just has everything to do with a cow searching. Okay. But that, but you're absolutely right. There's a great example. Just wow, perfect vocalization example. And here we are, end of July. Yeah. All right. And there, and, and you heard that just, yeah, that's kind of what I coined. And again, when I talk about certain vocalizations, I'm not saying that that's the end all be all that, you know, write it in the Bible gospel, that that's what it is. I just talk about some of the vocalizations just so we can have a frame of reference. You will hear cows do that. And that's what I end up talking about a demanding mew. You'll hear cows will do this. I mean, it's just a basic contact mew, but they put a little force, just a punch. They punch it. And you'll hear that after, whether it's a lost mew, whether it's an assembly mew, it will come at, usually it's going to come after something that they just said. And it's like a punctuation mark on whatever, you know, where are you? Dang it. Or come to me now, you know, and it's a perfect example right there. She gives those selfish mews and then throws that little demanding in there. Let it go a little bit longer. There you go. Perfect. Lost Mew. Long, lost Mew and then demanding, where are you? Dang it. Give me a response. 
But, I mean, your borderline, some of those frustrated wines right there, I mean, those are borderlines, bugles again. But she's standing in this wide open meadow. I mean, literally wide open meadow, standing there looking around. She's looking in the timber. She's looking across the road. She's look, she is searching. So keep that in mind if you want to do this type of vocalization. You know, people talk about, and this is why we entitled this, you know, Excited Cow Calling. You know, you hear people talk about all the time. Oh, I want to, I want to do excited cow calling. I want to, I want to build that excitement. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, most of the time, people are just, oh, I'm, I'm just going to throw out a whole bunch of different cow vocalizations, you know, cow sounds. Well, again, passive versus targeted. You know, chirps and mews. If you're just doing chirps and mews. they carry an entirely different connotation and and a different visual image than say lost muse wines and stuff like this to where if you want to sound excited if you want to do excited cow calling if you want to get aggressive with your cow calling okay do it but this is the direction that you need to go in in order to make it realistic and actually have the success that you want to follow good point Okay, so she just now she did that little vocalization sequence, and now she's just gonna head out. She's gonna catch up with the ones that kept on going down through the the meadow in front of her. But meanwhile, she, she's just staring behind her, constantly flipping around, looking behind her, waiting for someone. Do you th do you think it's her calf? I think at the end of this, I think it's a calf. I think it's her cat. Let me push pause. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because now she's vocalizing. She's catching the gl a glimpse of other elk that are walking behind us. They're on the other side of the road down over this little ditch. So all you can see is their heads. Okay. And she sees them moving and she's vocalizing. The reason why I think it's her calf in, the, in here in a little bit, A, the intensity, intensity level is just too high. She's, dang it, she's desperate. The other thing is, at the end, it fades out. I just cut it because there's a whole, I mean, just a whole other pile of, of footage to go along with it. But she ends up catching up with the rest of the group. She vocalizes. A calf shows up, and she kind of, oh, okay, here you are. She stops vocalizing, settles down. The calf approaches her, and then she realizes, wait, that's, you know, you're not the one that I'm looking for. And then she just continues on. So every time a calf comes next comes near her she settles down and she eagerly goes over there and scent checks it so she I, I really do think based on all the context all the contextual clues that she gives for this sequence and and when i was there she was trying to figure out where her calf was now the interesting thing that i find is why the heck didn't the calf show up you know i mean did the calf get separated on the other side of the road or did something lunch this calf I, who knows <laughs> but here, let me back it up and we'll play that little section again. Perfect. 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 I mean, that I just, I'm sorry, I geek out on this stuff. This is what I love. But yeah, you hear you just, that selfish mew, selfish mew, selfish mew. 
demanding you. Just, where are you? Where are you? Where? Ah, dang it. And then she turns, walks off. And the other thing, too, that's cool about this, if people listen to it, and and I'll even criticize myself and, and maybe even what you and I have, have talked about in the past, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, you want your cow sounds to be crisp and, and clear. She, the way she's vocalizing and the way her vocal signature is, I think if you wanted to match this cow, I think you have to do all your cow calls through a tube. She's got that that tubish, if that's a word, tubish quality to it, you know? Yeah, I hear that too and thinking of how I can mimic that. And the one thing that I just think in the mechanics of, of how I cow call, and I've talked about it a lot, is in my mind at the end, she's opening her mouth in in and she's probably not but i think the only way that i can make that sound is yeah yeah dropping that lower jaw and and i see so many people cow calling and they close their lips yes. at the end and it makes this like eel sound like what yep. you know the the old you know diaphragm you know instructions used to say and it's like no yep. dang it you probably did the worst service to you know trying to do a good thing and actually probably you know totally destroyed people's cow calling and i think you've got to get that jaw open and yeah yeah yep and and you know throw that voice into it and and um for sure i mean it's just a incredible sound and that's the whole purpose of these real elk sounds uh, episodes. In for me, selfishly, you know, I just I like you said, geek out on this stuff, and I try and listen and listen to as many cows as I can, and have as many sounds in my arsenal as I can, because I think the more that you do, the more you have to play with, and I think if your cow calling is one dimensional and you know, basically one sound, you know, that's not going to work in a lot of situations. Yeah, especially if you're working the same group over and over and over and over again. You know, some of us that are hunting, you know, some of these over-the-counter areas, you know, we, we really don't have the luxury of bouncing from one herd to the next herd to the next herd to the next herd to the next herd. We, we might get ourselves in a valley and find out there's one bull with six cows and that's it. That that's that's what we've got in our little area, and we need to work them. Well, all right, we we might end up working these guys multiple times. Well, if you keep coming in there, you know the the, the one joke in the industry, you know people criticize the Primos Hoochie Mama. Well, the reality is, there's some cows out there that sounds sound just like a hoochie mama the hoochie mama is a very accurate sounding cow call the problem with it is because it's mechanical it does the exact same sound every single time and people are like well i can tell that's a hoochie mama well, yeah because it doesn't change there's no there, there's no there's nothing dynamic about it there's really nothing organic about it it's just a mechanical sound well it's accurate but it's 
it's always the same. And if you listen, monotonous, yeah, it's monotonous. I mean, and it doesn't help when people just walk through the timber, <laughs> just keep pushing it. But I'll tell you what, though, that call at times can work unbelievable. Oh yeah, yes, I I always have one as a, I mean, just it's a great tool. But if you're gonna go in and you're gonna work a group over and over again, you have. This is where you must. I mean, heck, your series on all the different cow calls you've been testing is gonna be huge because you must. I talk about this in the elk module. You must pick something that is going to give you a different vocal signature. I talk about the bell-shaped curve. I talk about the deep pitches. I talk about the bird-like sound. You've, you've got to pick something that is going to diversify the vocal signatures that you can do. And just running a mouth diaphragm is not it because your mouth engages a mouth diaphragm and a diaphragm is a, is a mechanical piece of, of, of equipment that you're going to have some limitations on that as well. So different mouth diaphragms com built com with different reed thickness, different reed stretches, open reed versus closed. You know, we talk about the um, hyperlip. I always talk about the hyperlip double with the tone converter. There is nothing. I'm sorry. I you can you can we can talk till we're blue in the face. Maybe the elk reel call. Now I, I might take this step back. Elk reel calls um, the deeper pitching, deeper pitch sound sounding ones do pretty darn good with an assembly new but as of right now nothing compares with a hyperlip double with the tone converter attached for those mature cow sound those mature assembly mutes nothing touches it but then again there's other times i don't want that that tone converter on there and i jay you you alluded to it you said to open your mouth yeah a cow can vocalize one of two ways she can close her mouth and send all the sound out through her nasal cavity, or she can open her mouth. This cow is opening her mouth, and she's sending everything out of her throat. You can see her stretch her, stretch her head and neck out. I mean, she's sending it all through her throat, her nasal cavity, mouth. She is, I mean, is, she is as loud as she can get. Wow! But they can do it either one of two ways. Open their mouth or keep their mouth closed and send it through their nasal cavity. The Primo's tone converter simulates what it sounds like when they keep their mouth closed essentially that's what it is so all of those things all those different sound all those different calls can give you a different vocal signature which makes you sound like a completely different animal which then allows you to do you know work the same group over and over and over again without you know basically putting them on alert that something's not right in this case again to round it back out to match her I think you do. You, you've got to use a mouth diaphragm, and I think you've got to put it right through a, 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 a bugle tube. Yep. Let's hear the rest of the clip. All right. Because I think she bugles several more times. Well, she gets excited. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll jump it forward here. Right here. And like you said, I mean, all those were lost muse, and she just flat opens that mouth up. She even has her tongue sticking out. She just oh, and again, when I say a tube, if you think about the phys or the the I well, I guess the physics of it, but oh, the biology of it. If you if you watch her, what she effectively does is she stretches her neck out, which straightens that esophagus out. She sticks her her tongue out, which opens up the back of her throat. 
and she flares her nostrils, she just created a sound chamber in her mouth and in her nasal cavity that's just going to amplify that sound. It, yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that those last three calls right there, that if the listeners could master that, oh. that in my idea of a location, walking down a ridge, locating elk, getting bulls to bugle, getting other elk to respond, in my mind, that's the call. I'm curious what your thought is. That's right. I think that could be even better than bugling at times if you could hit that three-note, real intense sound that you just heard. Absolutely. Uh, let me let me play it again, and then I'll I'll give you my thoughts. <laughs> Five times. She's awesome. She, she's awesome. I, I, I'd love to have her in my pocket. Oh my and just gosh. Be like, touch her on the head when I want her to make that sound. You know, for me, I agree. I mean, all those are lost muse. Um, I do. If I'm going to use cow vocalizations, I talk about it in the passive strategy. You can watch me do it, I don't know how many times over and over again in the strategies and actions section on the module. Um, make vocal contact with that lost mew. Open up that that channel of you know get a response. Open up that channel of communication, and then depending on at that point whether or not you know whether I want to continue with lost muse or whether I switch right over to assembly muse or whatever. But that that right there is what opens that line of communication. That is asking, boom, where are you? Give me a response. Okay. Again, we talk about all sorts of stuff on whether it's physical or whether it's audible, whatever. But I might not jump into this level of intensity right <laughs> off the bat. However, I do not. I, I do not shy away from it. Last year, when you and I were down in Arizona, um, there was that couple situations where we were in some real open habitats, and those elk were way off in the distance. You know, it, this is this is one of the things. You know, I think we touched on it before for the listener. Um, Jay, if you've never had a, if you never get a chance to hunt with Jay or, or watch it, Jay is a master at sitting behind glass. Your binoculars and your spotting scope. I don't know. How, you've got the patience of a saint. I, I mean, he can just sit there for hours and pick apart every nook and cranny and like, oh, there's an antler tip. Where me, I'm like. I just, I, I physically start shaking. I'm like, uh, 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 uh I got to get down there. I got to get, I need to weasel them out. I, I, I need, I need to engage. Okay. So all these elk are out scattered out in front of us and we're trying to lay eyeballs on them and trying to fit, you know, pick the best bull out of the group. And there's a whole pile of elk way out there that we just can't see. And I'm like, all right, I've had enough. I'm going to, I'm going to start calling. I'm going to get these guys excited. I'm going to start pulling them out of the timber so we can see them. And so, yeah, I flat out start doing this as loud as I can. I just start ripping it, and we start pulling bulls out of the timber what, half a mile, three-quarters of a mile. I think we were sitting there, the, I, I think one of them was pushing a mile away. Just, I mean, put him in our lap. But because we used vocalizations like this, obviously – knowing what I was saying and why I was saying it and, and putting them together in a, in a logical manner. But 
Wait, what did you just say? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to actually know what you're saying. Ah, it's my opinion, man. It's my opinion. <laughs> but it's just it was. I mean, I, I was calling as absolutely as loud as I physically could and just got them things ripped up to where they just yeah, they were like, Okay, fine, we're gonna step out and take a look at what the heck is going on and, and we pulled bulls out of the timber and we're able to go from one to the next and nope, 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 oh that's a good one now, okay, and just we were able to start inventorying them. But it's because I was I was able to call like she is right now. As she's standing there looking around, starts walking. No, there you go. I mean, we can talk about that if you wanted. They just said, uh, and that's when that's when she sees me standing there. She's like, "Oh crap!" And then she spooks. All right, so let me let me play her again because we we'll we'll, we'll kind of round this little sequence out here in a minute. But I want to again, I want to talk about context. So let me play that last section. All right, again, I talk about video all the time. Let me hit pause. Yeah, you don't you don't really have a good appreciation about it until you get to sit there and watch their body language. And I mean, her head is as high as it can go. Her ears are as forward as they can go. She is desperately looking, but here's the thing, and nothing shows up. Whatever she's looking for does not show up. And so now she's been left behind. The rest of the group has moved off. They're, they're almost 100 yards in front of her and in in starting to get into some a uh, little bit more broken timber. So at this point, she turns and she starts. Okay, so she, a little frustration there. Now she sees the group leaving her. All right, I got to start making up. I got to catch up. All right, you heard you hear those. She kind of runs away. She finally notices that I'm standing there looking at her. But you could hear her as she turns and starts walking off, just that. That right there, I think, and I'm. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of something. I think for me, when I make up, if I need, if, if I'm setting up and I'm calling and it's not working or I need to move and I need to change position or I need to get closer or whatever, I need to go from where I just was to somewhere else. A lot of times I will throw those little subtle sounds in just like that. And I'm telling you, I really do believe there are a lot of times that that little bit of realism is what ends up turning the next time. When I set up the next time, that's when usually things happen. I think that little bit of realism of just that kind of frustration of just, eh, 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 as I'm walking, as I'm and I'm doing it as I'm walking. I pick the tripod up or I grab my bow and I start walking. I'm snapping on a twig. I'll snap that branch as I'm traveling. I'm going to make it sound like I'm walking. And I will do that. Just mm, 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 mm. no hunter. Most hunters don't do that. Number one, most of the time it's going to be a real elk. So even if that animal that I'm calling to is down the hill, you know, or in front of me, a hundred yards or whatever, they hear that. 
that little tiny bit of realism, I think, sometimes is is all that it takes to really seal the deal, seal the deal, and and make that next setup that much more effective. Awesome stuff there, Mister Chris. All right. Well, then let me let me. Well, I tell you what, we'll just skip ahead. I'll round out now because she she catches up with the group. She goes into the timber. There's one more little flurry. I think it's good. We'll 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 round it out, and she'll end up on that selfish mule, and we'll. And we'll kind of talk and see where we want to go. Stuff crashing through the timber. And there we go. Okay, you can hear the, the branches breaking, the limbs breaking. The cool thing about that, too, is, again, we're talking about trying to get better with your calling. If you heard her there, high, low, medium, higher, low, it's not the same monotone mew every single time, even though they're all lost mews. They had the same rough duration. There's inflection there, high, low, medium, just eh, and then she turns, you know, she hears some snap and pop in the timber behind her. She whips around, ears forward, and yeah, that selfish mew again. Where are you? Who is it? Who is it? So all of these things, that's why I wanted, you know, when we were talking about doing another episode, I was like, dude, you got, we, we've got to talk about this one. Because there's so much, if you, if you want to really master your cow calling, this, she, <laughs> she is... She's the one that you want to try to be like. For sure. I mean, I I think, yeah, I mean, I, if, if you could basically mimic those sounds and incorporate them into your calling with that kind of intensity and that different, you know, like you say, high-low, not monotone, not the same call, I mean, that just makes you a better caller. Um and it, you know it's amazing how when you really start breaking down these sounds how how much they all have their own signature like you say and they all sound a little different um but it's amazing you could throw this elk from Colorado throw her right into Arizona and she'd immediately be you know speaking the language with the elk in Arizona so it's not like it's you know it, it, elk or elk like michael park says yeah. um but it's interesting to listen to all their different real sounds the vocalizations that each one of them make um and then try and incorporate that into you know my own calling um and that's where i've managed over the years to get better and better and better is to you know hear these types of sounds and i think that's why i felt it was so important that you and i do this series uh, and there's more, you know, more to come, and I think that's why there's so much value in the Row Hunting Resources Elk module, because not only do you get to hear it, but you get to see it. Yeah. And you know, I think that's huge, being able to know when to use those certain calls, and know what type of body language to look for when you're looking through your binos, and you see certain things that the elk are doing, and then you hear it. 
you're able to go, oh, I I know what she's doing. Well, and and not only that, and and yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, that's why we have so many, you know, repeat subscribers every year. You know, folks come back and resubscribe because a, we're always building on the library of of stuff that's in there. But b, it's just you just uh, you want to be able to practice. You want to be able to keep. You know, hearing these things, you, you know, Will Primo said it the best. I mean, it's hard for people that don't live with elk every day to really master something that they never hardly ever hear. And so the best things you can do is is try to listen to them and watch them as much as you can. Well, now with video and, and I mean, heck, this sequence here, I got a new camera. It's all, it was recorded in 4K. So if someone's got a eight foot monitor 4k i mean 4k tv screen or whatever this thing looks awesome but i mean you get to watch it you get to see it you get to hear it you get to practice it but yes you get better at it but and and not only in like the gallery footage all, all that stuff you you watch them and you get to understand what they're doing and you can decipher what's happening and then act accordingly but the other flip side of this is if you're going to vocalize. Now, again, let me let me just preface this whole thing with this sequence that we're talking about. This is excited cow calling. Again, this is not – I don't jump into this level of vocalization right off the bat. This is what I might build up to if I'm in a situation like her where I need to I, – I need to – command the attention i need to pull the attention to me i need to you know either elicit a response or get someone to show up if i have to build my intensity this is what i'm going to probably end up doing however the important thing that the video can allow you to do is actually see what she is doing and in this case if I am going to reproduce this type of calling, these, this type of communication, then I better darn well understand that I am simulating a cow that is up on her feet, she is out in the open, she is moving, she's dynamic. This isn't a situation where this cow is tucked behind this one little tree and hiding there and just standing like a stone. So if I'm going to reproduce this type of vocalization or this type of communication sequence, I have to understand that any bull that's responding, or it doesn't matter if it's a cow or a bull or whatever, any other elk that is going to come into my setup is going to be expecting to see something like this. So this is where your setup has to be crucial. You have to have some sort of cover behind you that they cannot see through. You have to be maybe a little bench that you know that you're simulating that sound coming over that bench to where they can't see past that bench without walking up to that. What I talk about all the time, the doorway. Okay, these your setups have to be crucial. You know, down where you know you and I have been down in Arizona, some of that where you've got that pinion juniper country. It it's perfectly made for this because. It's the, the habitat is so broken up, they can't see more than 30 yards, 50 yards in some places. They have to continue to come through and search. But if you're a type of person that's, you know, depending on where you're hunting, if you're in an open, open aspen stand, oh, do not, 
you're you're gonna need to be creative on where you set up because if it's too open, those animals are gonna respond. They're gonna come in and they're gonna lock up 80, 100, 150, 200 yards away, and they're gonna stand there and they're gonna wait because what you're saying, how you're saying it, and what you want all suggest that you are mobile, you're animated, you are excited, and so if they even make a partial distance, if they cut off any of that range, it's logical that you, if you were a true cow, would make up that other distance. So this is where setup is key, and you get to understand that if you watch what's going on with the video. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, I want to give you a chance to let people know uh, about the elk module, how they can get on the elk module. I mean, it's it's uh, so expensive. You know, it's five, <laughs> five, five or six hundred dollars, I think. Oh, I think actually it's twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing about it. We try to make it to where it's economical. It's, it's thousands of dollars of value. For 20 bucks, if you use the J. Scott promo code, I'll let you walk through how people can find you. And I get feedback all the time from my listeners, guys that just love uh, the elk module at Row Hunting Resources. Uh, so I feel like I can shout it, you know, open the, get out on the rooftops and shout this out because I know what kind of value it has and I know what's on there and I get feedback all the time from listeners of how great it is. Uh, and uh, take it away, Chris. Well, I, and I do, I appreciate that, man. I mean, you know, we kind of have a, a similar philosophy on a lot of things. And, and like you said, you kind of geek out on this stuff too. So, I mean, if, if folks are listening to this and, and they do, they enjoy this stuff and they're passionate about elk and, and calling elk and they want to learn more, that's what it's about. That I mean, I do. I, I love this stuff. I If anything that I do, I really want to understand why I'm doing it. And I spend a lot of time focusing on the why things happen. And I think if you understand why things happen, it makes you or it gives you the ability to be more flexible in how to adjust when they don't necessarily happen exactly way, the way you wanted them to. If you understand why things are happening, you're a lot more flexible, and I think it translates into being a lot more successful. So, yeah, we put everything online. Just www.rohuntingresources.com, R-O-E, huntingresources.com, and you, you can sign up for – we've got two different – levels you got the elk module it's three months just the elk that it'll open up just the elk and it's open for three months normally it's 25 bucks and with the j scott podcast uh promo code it's 20 bucks or you can do the full year annual subscription gives you 12 months unlimited access to it and that's usually 50 bucks or again it's 20 percent off with the j scott podcast so it ends up being 40 bucks i mean goodness gracious it's not even i mean it's cheaper than a pack of broadheads so and that also gives you the ability to go on the elk forum with the other row hunting yeah. resources members yeah. and uh you know have questions answered and basically have a direct line to Chris to ask him anything you want yeah. and ask other members and hear some of the feedback that they have and um I've been a row hunting resources uh, member for years and, um, you know, it's, it's something of, of great value to me. And yeah, I mean, you say I geek out on this stuff, but 
honestly, I just want to get better and and strive to understand and learn and any little thing that I can do uh, to, to, to make myself better, I want to do. And then you've got, you know, with all of the different videos and, you know, all of the, the video library and gallery that you have, it's, it's mind-blowing. So, um, as always... I uh, love having you on. The listeners love having you on and uh, can't wait uh, for our next episode of Real Elk Sounds. And I uh, just really appreciate uh, all that you bring to the table with this series. Well, I appreciate it, man. I enjoy it. So, yeah, let's do another one. That sounds awesome. Uh, well, thanks for uh, sharing your time here with us today. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's I, I just can't wait. Elk season's, you know, around the corner and our favorite time of year, the fall season. Uh, so uh, until next time, buddy, God bless. All right. All right. You too. Thanks again. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon.